Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. I'm your host, Sky Guasco. You are listening to the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Football Podcast. Please follow us on Instagram at fantasyfootball underscore tckpod and on Twitter at tck underscore pod. You can find all of our rankings and multiple articles at tckpod.com. We've got a lot to cover, so let's get into it. Good afternoon. Happy Monday, everybody. Landry football team. It's great to be back. I'm your host, Sky Guasco of the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Football Podcast, a.k.a. TCK Pod. Today, I'm sitting in for Lucas, which I don't think I've ever said before. It's usually the other way around. Nonetheless, I'm sitting in for Lucas today on Monday's show. Very excited to join my man, Dwayne Dweeznuts on Twitter. Dwayne, it's always good to have you on, brother. Oh, it's a pleasure. You know, I've been waiting to do a show with you, Sky, for... God, I don't even know how long now. I'm excited. I'm excited to be just staring down that beard for the next hour. It's going to be great. I it's it's uh it's welcoming, not intimidating. You know what yeah, I mean? You know that's, what it is. It is. You're like a you're like a big old Santa Claus over there. Or great. Something. That's young that's what anyway. that's what I'm going for. I appreciate <laughs> it. Well, I appreciate you guys coming in here. Of course, you can join us live in the comment section in the chat room. We will definitely be tuning into that per usual. If you are new to the program. We are the TCK Pod, the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Football Podcast. We're live here on Twitch Monday through Thursday this week, 6 to 7 p.m. Eastern time. Lucas will be back later in the week. We're also bringing on on Wednesday our good brother Chris Benavides from the Commission Fantasy Football Podcast per usual. And this week we're having some fun with ADP comparisons. Today is quarterbacks, of course. Tomorrow we'll do running backs, wide receivers, tight ends on Thursday. You can find us at LandryFootball.com, and you can find us live on Twitch at twitch.tv slash Football. We have a draft guide available, as you can see on the bottom of the screen, if you're watching on Twitch or YouTube, and you can get the draft guide. The preseason draft guide is only available for another two weeks, because once the preseason is over, we no longer have a preseason draft guide. It's only five bucks if you have some last-minute Quick draft questions. You need some of that knowledge. It's in there. Just five bucks, tckpod.com. We also have a midseason draft guide available and some one on one coaching options with myself, Dwayne, Lucas, and the Commish boys who have actually uh, tuned in with us and they are collabing with us to kind of help you out with your one on one questions. Finally, we have the TCK Pod Listener League. We are almost full up, we have just a couple spots available. We have two leagues. Come and join us if you'd like to. If you're interested, we want you to DM us on Instagram at fantasyfootball underscore TCK pod or on Twitter at TCK underscore pod. You can DM us and let us know what you appreciate about the program or what you can, uh, what we can kind of improve on. We grew a lot last year on your feedback and we really, really appreciate it. So please help us out there. Let us know. Send us an honest review on the podcast, on the YouTube, wherever you listen. Give us a screenshot. Send it to us. Let us know you want to be in the Listener League. And we'll have all of those um, nominations and submissions dealt with by the end of this week. We'll have the full submission in the league ready to go with the announcement and the draft coming up in two weeks. And next week, I should say, Dwayne, we are around the corner from week one. Assuming it happens, <laughs> how, oh, don't say how, that. Why would you put that juju out there? Man? How 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 uh, how stoked are you that we're actually uh, heading down the finish line, man? It almost seems like um, th- you know this this week would almost never come. It's crazy. It was it was absolutely the spring and summer that would never end. Um, and you know, early on in the year, we have dynasty draft season, which is great. But this time of year, redraft draft season, there's nothing in the world that makes me happier. I had one of my big home leagues drafted just last night, so that was exciting. I've got me another too. one coming up next week. I've got I've got the listener league draft coming up in a, about a week. Man, this is there's no time like draft time. Come on. I totally agree, man. I totally agree. So, hey, before we get into this, I'm really excited to break down the the QB ADP comparisons, which we'll do here in a minute. But I know that you actually have kind of a a fun game. It's kind of a play on best ball, kind of a play on on DFS. You have kind of an interesting uh, game that you have going on that you'd like to let the listeners know about. So uh, the floor is yours, my man. Nice. Um, Yeah. You know, 
as fun as fantasy football is, I like to I like to create new things. So three years ago, me and the guys on my podcast, we developed a brand new fantasy football game. You've never likely played anything like it before. Basically, it's a draft day value game, right? We love draft day. Why not? So what we do is we take um, everybody that enters gets to select three guys that they really like at various ADP windows uh, that they think is going to really outperform their ADP. And then two guys that they think is going to underperform their ADP. That becomes your your one team for the whole season. We track week over week how they perform relative to those ADPs, and you get a score each week. Um, you know, we have we, we have a website being developed to track all this that I can share with you guys at some point soon, but it's not it's not quite there yet. I talked to the developer yesterday. He had some problems. I had to lay down the law there, but uh Right now, we're accepting submissions. It does cost five bucks to get into this thing per team. You can enter up to three teams. We use that money first to purchase a signed jersey from for the winner of the thing. Um, it will be one of the guys you chose uh, as your as your overperformer players. So make sure you choose wisely. I won last year. I have a Devin Singletary jersey hanging in my basement now because of it. Fantastic. If you want to play, if you're interested, have questions, just hit me on Twitter at DweezNuts. All these no S's. And uh, I'll tell you more, man. It's a it's a fun game. It's just it's something different. Uh, fun to track it. We talk about it on my podcast every week and uh, just just good times. What is that podcast? Uh, it's your football fantasy is the name of the podcast. You can find it anywhere. I mean, we're on every podcast platform in America, not on YouTube, though, because I mean, I'm the prettiest looking of the bunch of us. And I don't you know, I look like a Disney villain. So <laughs> we're not we're not about to put our faces out there. Just just our voices, you know, but uh Go find us. Hit me up on Twitter. We'll tell you all about the game. We'll get you in. Um, and I will dominate you there just like I will in the TCK Pod Listener League because it's what I do. It's Dweez Nuts. He's the man. Dweez Nuts on Twitter. All Z's, no S's. Beautiful tagline. Right. Quick question of that, man. I'm curious here now that you got me thinking about it. So if I pick I pick five guys, correct? It's five guys, That's five players. Okay, five players preseason. We ride that ADP out, and they're obviously they're finished by the end of the season. Best ball format, basically. I don't touch that. Guy gets injured. Bummer blows up awesome whatever Correct. all right so my question is can i pick five quarterbacks do i have to pick one quarterback one receiver one running back one tight end one dst what's the it, actual format of the roster it's a good question we only play running backs and receivers in this thing um, oh cool okay we we tried it with some other positions early on but it just didn't work out as cleanly with running backs and, and uh wide receivers and uh so you don't you have to pick within windows right so you get to pick one running back or receiver that's going in the top ADP, top 20 at their position. And that's your uh, it's your just a tip guy. So the name of the game is three in the pink, two in the stink. It has a very distinct theme, okay? Sure. Just a tip is top 20 ADP. Uh, you take one wide receiver or back that's in ADP's 21 to 40 at his position. That's your half shaft guy. And then your balls deep player is somebody going 41 to 60 at his position. Those are the three guys you like. You take two guys that you don't like. They're your stink players, uh, the 10-foot pole player is uh, top 12 at his position in 13 to 24 becomes your ugly stick player. And uh, that's it. Okay. And so I guess last question, we'll move on here. Um, so it, without divulging too much of your uh, strategy, uh, if you will, is this something where it would be important to pick maybe some locks, but also like you maybe have to pick a handcuff or you have to pick uh, somebody who's maybe a backup or a number two or three receiver right now, but you see them potentially moving up the chains eventually because you have to, uh, like such so like uh, best ball and or DFS, you have to separate yourself somehow. So you can't pick all popular players, right? I mean, you have right. to have some sort of dark horse in there one way or another. Well, the way that it tends to work out is those guys on the top end, right? Like your one to 20 guys, the best you can hope is that they don't screw you over every week. You're not going to get a ton of positive points from them because they can't beat a running back five by much. Now, some some guys will go in and pick the absolute lowest in each category. So they'll pick the running back 20 or the right receiver 40 just so that there's a bigger, more room for improvement. That's one strategy we've seen. Um, we've seen guys take stink players that were the running back one overall. So they'll never lose points there. It doesn't usually work out because, you know, CMC is never going to finish the running back 70. Um, but David Johnson did in 2017. Cor correct. I mean, you, you never know. Like there's all kinds of strategies. We don't really know what works yet. This is only our third year playing. 
Um, I've doubled second place's points last year. So I do have one strategic tip that I'm not going to be sharing with people today because I want to, I want to win again, man. I want to win again. I picked Odell Beckham Jr. and Amari Cooper last year as my my stink players and it made all the difference. That's huge. That's huge. Right on, man. Well, sounds like you're running, running shop on that game. Lucas won the listener league last year. And of course we're, we're unbiased here. He's just one of the players, but he drafted the best, made a couple of moves, picked up Tannehill in like week nine on accident off waivers for a bye week ran the table ended up winning the league so awesome man it's great to have you uh, excited about that game we'll definitely be getting in here we'll have to update the tck potters on how that's going next year and maybe hypothetically thinking way ahead in the future maybe that's another kind of a tck pod listener league uh game for next year as well maybe we have a redraft sure. version and and something like that too that'd be a great time yeah. Okay. All right, brother, we got a lot to cover here, man. Let's jump into it. Ooh. Once again, Sky here, the host of the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Football Podcast. If you have any questions or you have any comments, jump, please, right into the live comment section. We'll be with that. And I'm with my man, Dwayne Lynn, a.k.a. Dweez Nuts. All Zs, no Ss. My man. All right, we are going to jump in here to the quarterback ADP comparison. So, Dwayne, why don't you quickly, just before we get into this, break down – I mean, I think people at this point know what ADP is, but maybe a, a, an abridged version of ADP. And then also kind of like, what are we actually, what are you and I doing here with the actual comparison to the ADP? Sure. So, so we took ADP. It's really just the average draft position. Where are these guys going, right? Like Patrick Mahomes is the number one quarterback drafted off the board. So his ADP is one. He's quarterback one. Um, we took a, a, a whole bunch of ADPs, ESPN, Yahoo, CBS, My Fantasy, like everything you can find. Uh, we got an average, average draft position. And then what we, you and I are going to do, look, we just compared those to where we're actually ranking these guys, right? So, uh, again, we'll use Patrick Mahomes as the example. He's going as the quarterback one. You and I both have him ranked as the quarterback one. So we agree with ADP. We're not going to talk about Patrick Mahomes today. We agree with how people are drafting Patrick Mahomes. There are a lot of guys on this list, though, that you know, either people are losing value badly, or people can get a lot of value out of if they if they you know take advantage of an ADP. Maybe a guy's going way later than he should. Maybe he's going way earlier than he should. We're going to give you that information now, just to help you win your draft because that's what it's about in draft season. Awesome, I love it. Well, let's jump up at the top here, then, man. We so we have we're not going to go through necessarily every single player. We're not going to break that down. That's not what this episode's about. We've spent weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks breaking down every individual player, especially quarterbacks, because there's only about 15 to talk about, but we have talked about all 32, about 35 of some of these rookies and backups as well. So we've talked plenty about these players individually, but today we're going to focus specifically on the ADP. And as Dwayne mentioned, we have taken the ADP, so the average draft position from ESPN, Yahoo, CBS, MFL, Fantrax, and we've taken the average of all five of those sites. And we've actually come, we basically compared our ranking uh, to that. And we're going to break down basically the largest discrepancies in that mix. So we are pretty much similar to everybody else. It seems almost everybody has Lamar Mahomes and Dak in some level at the top three. All right. So we're pretty much there as well. The biggest discrepancy for us off the bat here, we'll start with you, Dwayne. It's Deshaun Watson. All right. I have Deshaun Watson at, uh, Number six, you have him at number 13. Why yes, so low on Deshaun Watson? And look, that's come up. When I first did my projections, he he was down around 18. But when I put that on Twitter, people let me know just how they felt about that. Um, <laughs> he, he had to come up a little bit from there just so that, you know, I didn't end up strung up by my shoelaces somewhere. But I'm concerned, and I think if you're drafting Deshaun Watson – at QB5, at that ADP, you're losing value, man. There are better guys to take there. Real quick, here's why, right? First, he loses DeAndre Hopkins. Like, we can't ignore the fact that he loses DeAndre Hopkins. Last year with Nook on that team, he was the quarterback five. Um, so we have to think, where's that ceiling going to be? DeAndre Hopkins accounted accounts for 31-plus percent of every pass Deshaun Watson's thrown in his career. He accounts for 34 and a half percent of every yard Deshaun Watson's thrown in his career. And he accounts for 35 and a half percent of every touchdown Deshaun Watson has thrown in his career. These people out here who think Brandon Cooks, Randall Cobb are going to come in and just replace that. Uh, they're, they're kidding themselves and they're kidding themselves right into a terrible value at five. 
I, you know, I don't hesitate also to point out that David Johnson comes onto this team. He doesn't just come onto this team. Bill O'Brien just says, have your $10 million, $13 million contract. You can keep your fourth highest paid running back in the league contract. Um, you don't think that's going to happen unless they intend to use this guy. And if you look at his career, Bill O'Brien uses running backs. Um, he uses them as often as possible. He hasn't had a lot of really good red zone and goal line running backs in the past, especially last year. Um, Deshaun Watson scored six rushing touchdowns from inside the five-yard line last year because Carlos Hyde is a bad goal line running back. David Johnson, since he's been in the league, averages just under 60% success rate from the goal line, which is as good as anybody else there, there is. So um, I think there's a lot of things that are pointing downward for Watson. It's just hard for me to think of him as a top guy anymore, even a top two tier quarterback. Wow. So again, outside of the top 12, so you have him at 13. So that's a negative 8.4 comparison is what we're talking about here for you, Dwayne. I've got him at six. I, I hear everything you're saying and I don't disagree with any of it, to be honest with you. I just think it comes down to the defense is horrendous. The offense is going to run through Deshaun Watson. Yes, Nuke is gone and that's a problem. But David Johnson, I think, and Duke Johnson are going to be great pass catchers out of the backfield. They do have three awesome receivers while they're healthy. And I right. just that's think that a, that's a big, that's a big it wilder. Is. I mean, that makes it, is. it is, but I think that they have enough of them that if one of the guys go down, they have the, and they, they peace market. Right. Um, I think another big thing is, you know, kind of sneaky uh, Deshaun Watson. When you, when you watch Texans games, you see him kind of, it, it's, it's a little too late kind of a thing. It's, it's like a, a Russell Wilson thing where, the Texans just all of a sudden decide like, oh, we should probably put the game in his hands and hope he can win it in the fourth quarter. But when you do that, he has the rushing floor. He's a great rusher. He, you just mentioned sure. six rushing touchdowns. So I think that, you know, the more I hear you and other people talk about this, I'm a little bit cautious. I'm not drafting Deshaun Watson anywhere because I'm just not sure. One of us is going to be right. He's either going to yeah. be top five because he's Deshaun Watson. And he's incredible. He is incredible. Or – he's going to fall out of that that top QBs and he's going to burn a lot of people and be this year's Baker Mayfield, if you will, who's getting drafted six overall last year and burn a lot of people. So I hear you. I'm not as low, but I'm not as high either. He is out of my top five. My only oh. concern for my ranking here is that I'm a, I'm a Clemson Tigers fan by way of my seven-year-old son who's in love with everything Clemson. Love um, so I watched this kid in college and I, you know, I watch as many games as I can during the NFL season. And and this is a guy that just wants to win more than anybody yeah. else on the field. Mm -hmm. So it, can he find a way to do it? Yeah. Am I going to bank on that in my fantasy draft, though? That's what it comes down to for me is no. And honestly, that's kind of what I was trying to say. And you said it yes. better. Uh, it is it is that competitive spirit. And he's able yeah. to do it with his arm, but with his, with his legs. And when he looks around the field and he goes, oh, there's no nuke. I got to do it myself. He's able to do that. And just, you know, I've been following Clemson for quite a while as well uh, with the national championship. It hurt my soul when the 49ers didn't draft Deshaun Watson yeah. in the year he came out. I was so bummed. That was my that was my dude. And I was <laughs> I was quite bummed. But hey, the, Bears, the Bears passed on him, too. Right. I mean, oh, that's that's even more history. We know about that. <laughs> we're not we know about, about the Bears. That. Yeah, we're not going to talk about that. We're not talking about that. All right, let's move on here. So coming down the list here, there's a couple other guys here. So kind of the general consensus here. So then there's Russell and Kyler, Josh Allen, Drew Brees. Again, we're we're pretty close to the medium there. The next one up here is Tom Brady. Uh, you're a little mm -hmm. bit lower on Tom Brady. I've got him at 10. You have him at 15, a little bit lower on Tom Brady. Is this an age thing? Is this the whole he can't throw downfield? Is this a new scheme? Weapons? Are you worried about the weapons? Um, I, I understand not having Tom Brady where Tom used to be. But 15 seems a little low for me just because of what's around him. Yeah, he. I mean, he goes – there's there's no better place you want to go. There's a reason he chose Tampa Bay. He's got the greatest weapons that he's ever had in his career. I mean, yeah, he had Randy Moss, but uh, Mike Evans is pretty darn good too. It, it is a little bit of an age thing, right? And it's just a little bit of a – look, this is who Tom Brady is now. Like last year – 27th in completion percentage, barely over 60%. That's not good. 23rd in yards per completion, 18th in passer rating, 26th in touchdown percentage. This is not a guy who himself relies on his arm to win games. And I know that a lot of this comes because last year that defense was so darn good. But I need to point out that at the end of the season, the Tampa Bay Bucks defense figured it out. OK, mm -hmm. if you just look at team defense fantasy points, which I know is not a great metric, but 
they were 20th in the league. The defense was in the first half of the season, and they were fourth in the league in fantasy points scored the second half. That means turnovers. That means getting off the field. That means keeping teams out of the end zone. I don't think this team needs to score or run the kind of offense they did last year, and I don't think they're going to. Bruce Arians is a smart enough coach um, that they could that they're going to be able to figure this out with a much improved defense and a quarterback who at this point in his career seems to want to manage the game, and I think they're going to let him do it. I totally agree. Um, I do think Tom has – I think he's going to be top 12 at least. I have him at 10. So we're kind of split the difference maybe with you and me at, at 10 or 15. I see him falling in the middle just, again, because of the weapons. And you mentioned all those stats that are not sexy at all. But I would, knowing Tom Brady for his 20-year career and looking at the the non-weapons, the lack thereof, if you yeah, will, of right. New England last year, I mean, what, do you, what is he going to do? Gronkowski's right. not there. They didn't have a second tight end. They had no tight end last year at all. Ever they've had a tight end solid there and two at some points for twenty years they had well, they nobody have last La- year they had Matt Lacoste for a little while come on but but not playing not playing <laughs> consistent right yeah, obviously right, they had right. Julian Edelman which you know Jules is the man and and I got respect for for the guys that are able to run over the middle and get crushed every time so respect to him but he's not a deep target Nikhil Harry got hurt Josh Gordon didn't work out AB didn't work out Muhammad Sanu came in halfway through the season but was like kind of injured yeah. so. I mean, I hear you, but again, Godwin Evans right off the top. Awesome. Scotty Miller is no snuff. They have two great tight ends and Gronkowski. Uh, Ronald Jones, I think, is going to be fine out of the backfield eventually. Um, Dario Gumbawale, who nobody talks about in fantasy, is maybe the best running back on the team, in my opinion, all around. And of course, Keyshawn Vaughn. So I just think the amount of weapons and the smart ability between Arians and Brady is going to settle him somewhere in the top 12. And again, I think he's going to be just fine because Jameis threw 5,000 yards last year and he had 30 um, uh, touchdowns, of course. He also had the, the the picks there. But I think the biggest difference, as you mentioned, is going to be keeping control of the ball. The defense is going to get the ball back to Brady, and that's more opportunities to score versus last year in the first half. Jameis was turning the ball over constantly, right. taking away those opportunities. So I think Brady falls in the middle here. I've got him at 10. you got him at 15. Consensus has him at 9. Um, so, you know, we're both a little bit low, but I kind of, I definitely see him falling in the, into the top 12 there. All right. Moving down the list here. I've got Matt Ryan just ahead of consensus. You've got him pretty much on consensus. This is about nine and a half average. You've got him at nine. I've got him at seven. Um, for me, again, it's a weapons thing. We see Matt Ryan do this every other year for some reason. I don't know what it is. Somebody's got to come up with it. We all talk about this every other year, even year thing with Matt Ryan. Nobody knows why, but it's a real thing. If you date back all the way to 2014, this is the second time all around they've had Dirk Cutter. The fourth season overall, he's had Dirk Cutter. Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley, they bring in Hayden Hurst, who I think is better overall than Austin Hooper. Todd Gurley, who I think is better overall than Devonta Freeman. I just think they're going to be plenty fine. And while the Bucks defense got a lot better, the Falcons defense unfortunately remains rough and if they can't stay healthy for the third year in a row they're going to get torched and they're going to have no chance but to to gun it and i know that um you know we've talked a lot about on this podcast about that division now all of a sudden the panthers might be a, a fun and gun offense we know what the saints do we know what the bucks should do we know what the falcons do and nobody in this division really outside of a good game by the saints or the bucks has a great defense so a lot of these games are going to be four or five touchdowns and uh, they're just going to have to play catch up constantly. And I think that comes down to Matt Ryan. So for me, he's for me, he's top seven and he's somebody that, you know, I'm drafting in the 10th, 12th round, like, kind of like the round or two before the like, oh, I should get a quarterback now. Like I, I jumped the gun a little bit to make sure I get a, a guy who could be top five. You know, we've seen him yeah. do it. He was number two a couple of years ago in his MVP season. We see him do that. I want to jump the gun and get that guy versus just kind of like, eh, maybe Matt Stafford will be that guy. Maybe Daniel Jones will come around. Maybe Jared Goff will come around. I want to make sure that I, I get the guy that I've seen with the pedigree. So you have Matt Ryan pretty uh, pretty average there. You're a little bit um, higher on Aaron Rodgers, though, and I'm basically at consensus. So you and I basically flip on Matt Ryan and, and uh, Aaron Rodgers. You're three spots ahead of him. You've got Aaron Rodgers at number seven. I've got him at 12. Consensus has him closer to 11. Yeah, and, you know, just real quick about Ryan, I, I agree with you. I love that offense. I want every piece of that offense I can get my hands on because it's going to it's going to be an offensive scores. Offensive line is going to be better on that team as well. I drafted I drafted Matt Ryan in the 10th round last night in one of my home leagues there. So Same. 
I'm with you. I'm with you. Um, yeah, I think Aaron Rodgers is due for a big bounce back uh, this year. You know, last year there was a weird Matt LaFleur issue to start the season. They Were they arguing? Were they not? Were they going to be able to play together? Were they not? Was Matt LaFleur completely going to take the ball out of his hands? Were they? Was he not going to? Um, it was a weird year going into the season for the Packers overall. Uh, but if you look back at it now um, with that hindsight, it, it's it, there's a pretty clear break here. When uh, when the team played against a top half rush defense, it, they gave the ball to Rodgers. And when they played against the bottom half rush defense, they ran the ball. So if Lafleur wants to run the ball, but he's smart enough to know that he should run it against the bad rush defenses and let Aaron Rodgers take the ball. Um, against a good one. So 22 to 18 fantasy point split between those two. 22 points a game puts Aaron Rodgers right about where I've got him. I mean, he's he's a, he's a stud with the ball. Green Bay this year has the third toughest running back schedule in the league. So I we know defenses change year over year, so we'll see how that holds up. But I think if they play against, you know, just in division, there's some really tough defensive fronts. If they play against a lot of teams that slow that run down, I don't think LaFleur is going to hesitate to let him air it out. The other thing that we have to look at uh, and can't be ignored is Aaron Jones's touchdown rate last year. 7% of the touches he had all year scored. That's an insane and completely unrepeatable number. Those touchdowns, some of those are going to shift back to Aaron Rodgers. They're going to shift back to Devontae Adams. I see your jersey behind you. This guy went 12 touchdowns, 10 touchdowns, 13 touchdowns as a starter, and then last year had five. If we think that's going to happen again, you're, you're an idiot. Um, it's not. It's going to come up. Rodgers' touchdowns are going to come up. They're going to be throwing it more as they play tougher rush defenses, I think. And Aaron Jones is not who we saw Aaron Jones be last year. He's a good back, but he's not that. Yeah, I like it. I, I totally agree. And look, I, I was one of those guys like Baker Mayfield last year. Aaron, Aaron Rodgers and Baker Mayfield were my quarterbacks in almost all my leagues last year. Yeah, I just convinced tough. myself. I convinced myself that Baker – was as good as he was as a rookie, and then he was going to jump significantly as a sophomore. We all thought that, and it didn't. Well, most of us thought that didn't work out. Rest my case. Obviously, I got burned. Aaron Rodgers, same thing. I thought, hey, you know, we have these weapons. He's going to be just fine. Boom, whatever. Obviously, blew up on my face. So it was a rough year quarterback for me, unfortunately. This year, though, I do think um, that it comes back. I mean, obviously, you can see behind me, I love my boy Tay, but. I, I think a big thing is too, like I've seen a couple different, uh, you know, reliable sources on Twitter posting, uh, you know, comments of like, hey, we're at, we're at Packers practice. Um, I can hear everything because there's no fans, right? So they hear all the yep. play calls and all this stuff. And they're like, I literally heard him call a running play, get to the line, and then basically just be like, eh, never mind. 40 yard bomb to Tay Adams. Like, right. I just think it's going to happen constantly this year. I think them bringing in Jordan Love is not at all a scare to his job. There's no way in hell unless Aaron Rodgers gets hurt that Jordan Love sees the field in the next five years if Rodgers is still on the Packers. Right. However, I think what it did do, and I think what needed to happen over the last couple of years, is maybe Rodgers got complacent hearing that he's, quote-unquote, the best quarterback in the league after appearing in a Super Bowl five, six, eight years ago and not getting there since. And I think it just lit that proper fire under a competitor like Rodgers to where now it's just like, okay, this is my team. I need to go win it. They got embarrassed by the 49ers last year. That obviously isn't going to sit well. I'm with you, man. I just, I'm scared <laughs> because Tay Adam, Adams is, is all worldwide receiver. But yeah. who else is Lazard legit? We thought that MBS was 80. legit. We thought ESB was legit. We thought Jimmy Graham was going to be good. We thought, you know, all these guys over the years were going to be fine. Is Lazard actually going to be the second guy? And then Aaron Jones, AJ Dillon, yada, yada. So Jay anyway, Sternberger, man, come on. Too many, too many, Sternberger. Too, too many questions for me. Unfortunately, I've got him in my top 12 out of respect. I'm not going to sure. put the man out of my QB ones because yeah. of he's a, he's a fantasy hall of famer, football hall of famer, but I can't, I mean, seven to me seems a little bit high, but right to be cautious, right to be cautious there. I'm probably not drafting that seven either, even if I project him there, but you won't have to. Yeah. You do not have That's to. True. I mean, again, true. you and I were both in uh, you were you and I were both in home leagues, competitive leagues last night, separate leagues, and I almost I mean in our league he went in like the twelfth round as a second quarterback. We play in a single QB league. He went as a second quarterback, just right. like, and eh, what if my other guy gets hurt? Might as I well, drafted, yeah. I drafted Aaron Rodgers in the third round last year. I'll just leave it there. Wow. All right, so Dwayne, I'm gonna let you go off on this one. I have talked oh. enough. I've talked enough about Carson Wentz. Okay, I've been very vocal on this podcast, on Twitter, on Instagram. And as I always preface with these things, 
I don't hate the player necessarily individually, personally, and we'll hear your take. I don't hate the player. I hate the situation most of the time, all right? Carson Wentz's situation for a number of reasons. I've not been impressed by it over the last couple of years. All of a sudden in Eagles camp, it's happening all over again. So I've got him. Now, consensus has Carson Wentz inside the top 12. No surprise there. I've got him at 18. I thought that was one of the lowest we have in the industry at all with fantasy football. Then I see your rankings. My man's got him at 24. He's almost the QB3 for Dwayne. To my knowledge, he's not hurt, uh, seriously hurt at least. Why so low on Carson Wentz? I get it, and I've been very vocal. I've got him as a middle uh, QB2, but you almost have him as a QB3 here. Yeah, I ain't scared. I ain't scared to rank this guy way lower than anybody else in the world. Like it, if he if he plays all year, he'll finish better than QB twenty four, but probably not much better than where you've got him. Um, I do want to say this though. I know it's impossible to actually predict these things, but there is a website who's gotten pretty good at predicting injuries. Sports Injury Predictor. Um, again, hard to do, but they predict a ninety two percent chance that Carson Wentz misses at least three games this season. This guy can't stay healthy. You know, the the knee injury started it, but that's not all that he's dealt with in his short career. Did I project him to miss some games? I think I projected him to miss two um, or maybe one and a half, something along those lines, because it's really hard to predict these things. But the people that predict it, predict it going to be happening 92%. That's big. Um, Not the only injury on the team that we need to talk about, though. Okay. Uh, Jalen Rager's injured. Alshon Jeffrey's still not back. Miles Sanders is injured. Brandon Brooks, right starting right guard, gone out. Uh, just the other day, Andre Dillard starting left tackle on the IR, not in the game anymore. This team is falling apart. It's happened to them the last few years. It's already happening to them again. Um, now, people have told me time and time again, it doesn't matter. They find a way. Dallas Goddard and Zach Ertz are God's gift to Carson Wentz. Um, but, you know, I, I'll point out a couple of a couple of statistical reasons to support this. Let's say people get healthy, Carson Wentz stays healthy, and he plays. Last year, there's some splits that I want to bring up. With Jordan Howard in the game, or out of the game, rather, uh, the run game hurting, the short yardage run game hurting because Miles Sanders was still figuring it out, Carson Wentz went from 33 passes a game to 43 passes a game. When they lost their their quote-unquote starting running back and their goal line back, They increased the amount of passes per game by 10 a game. That's a 33% increase from where they were. He went from a 539 pass attempt pace to a 695 pass attempt pace. What did he finish last year? Eight or nine when half of that season was on a 700 pass attempt pace. We've never seen a 700 pass attempt quarterback. Okay, That pace, that's not going to hold up this coming season. He's not going to throw it nearly as much as he did in the back half of last year. The next split I want to bring up here is against top pass defenses, okay? Against the top half pass defenses last year, Carson Wentz had 17 fantasy points per game, 22 fantasy points per game against bottom half defenses. Um, So that 22 is a nice number. 17 fantasy points per game is outside the top 24 for a fantasy quarterback. The reason he finished so highly last year is they played against 11 11 bottom half pass defenses and only five top half pass defenses right now. Um, strength of schedule is right in the middle there, but is he going to get the opportunity to play against 11 bad pass defenses again so that he can increase that average points per game number? I don't think so. Um, is the run game coming back? Well, they went and drafted Zach or who'd they get? No, they didn't draft Zach Moss. Who'd they get that? Michael, uh, Michael, uh, Oh, what the hell's his name? I love that guy. Uh, oh, Mike Warren. Mike, Mike Warren. He went, they went and picked up Michael Warren after the draft, right? Miles Sanders is figuring it out. I love Michael Warren. I think this run game is going to be better. Boston Scott coming on at the end of last year. I think they're going to run it more, pass it less. The competition is going to get better. And uh, there's way too many injuries either have happened or are going to happen for me to go out and draft Carson Wentz anywhere. And if you do it at the 11 where he's being taken ADP, you're going to lose your fantasy league. I'll just say it now. You will not win your fantasy league if you draft Carson Wentz. 
I'm man, I'm with you. And Dallas Goddard, um, I'm not sure was in your was in your laundry list of injuries, uh, but he also oh, is he sprained, down too now. Come on, he, he sprained a he sprained a, a a thumb, I believe. It could be I could have my my phalanges wrong, but I, I believe he sprained a thumb early on in the summer. I mean, he'll be fine as yeah. far as like playing and stuff. But again, just another knock. I don't know what's in the water out there in Philadelphia, but it's been there for years, unfortunately. And we, you know, JJ, um, JJ Ortega Whiteside out of Stanford, who I, you know, I watch a lot of Pac 12 stuff. Obviously, I'm on the West Coast, I'm a duck, whatever. I watch the Pac 12 a little more uh, comfortable than every other division. I was loving him in college and he didn't do anything last year. I was kind of confused, you know, but then it comes out he's you know, a little bit injured, whatever. We'll see what happens with him. Greg Ward, I think, is like, maybe the best option right now for Carson Wentz. And nobody knew who Greg Ward was until, what, week 14 last year when he accidentally caught two or three touchdowns? It just, yeah, I'm I'm with you, man. And, again, I have been kind of waving the no Carson Wentz flag for the last two seasons. I thought I was super low on him at 18. You've got him at 24. All right, man, a couple more. Don't draft him. Not draft him. A couple more. We'll take a, a, a brief commercial break. I mentioned Baker Mayfield on here to talk about you and I are both a little bit lower than his consensus. I don't, I think I'm just kind of like internally scarred from last year because I was like driving the Baker hype train. Oh, yeah. um, so I, I feel like a little extra burned. I would like to get, and maybe now that I look at your rankings and everything, I kind of want to put a pin in Baker and maybe come back to him later when we bring somebody else up. Cause I basically have a question to you about, maybe what we can expect from Baker. So I'm going to hold off on Baker a little bit. Let's talk Daniel Jones really quick and we'll take a break. You've got Ooh, him at 10. Yes. I've got him at 16. Consensus has him. The average again, consensus has him at 17. I've got him right about there. I'm just one spot higher. You've got him at 10 though. I'll make my quick God. case and I'll turn it over to you. I love the talent. I think this kid is legit. I think that they actually got this one right. I know that they got burned when they picked him out of Duke. It was a laughing stock. People were like, who the hell is this kid? Whatever. Look, he was awesome last year. He had some big games. He led the league in turnovers, which we can't get around, but a lot of that's rookie stuff. I think the talent's legit. I think the weapons around him are legit. I think a big concern for me, and you brought up strength of schedule quite a few times, so now it's my turn. Strength of schedule for him to start the season is disastrous. The first four games of the year, I could see him being a complete bust, and people who drafted him are going to drop him. So, what, the way I see it about draft season and talking about ADP, I'm just not going to draft him because I don't have to. And I'm going to wait for people to drop him. And then in the second half of the season, when he has one of the best strengths of schedule, at least now on paper, I'm going to pick him up for free and ride that train versus go through it in the beginning. So that's why I'm fading him preseason. But overall, Daniel Jones really impresses me. I think he's great for the long run. I really like the kid. And I think he's going to be an awesome quarterback in general for fantasy has a nice rushing floor, but I don't want to draft him because I'm a little bit worried about that team. I mean, we're talking like the Steelers, the 49ers, the Rams, the Eagles in the first couple of games. The Bears, I think, are in there. Steelers are in there eventually. That or Ravens, oh. excuse me. That scares oh. me. So I'm yeah. I'm gonna fade that a lot. But you don't seem to be as nervous. You've got him at 10. Yeah, I'm not I'm not afraid at all. Um, you know, obviously the strength of schedule is is iffy, but I'm taking him. You don't have to take him as your one. I'm taking him as my quarterback two everywhere because I don't want to risk him not being dropped by his owner right I don't want to have to try to make a trade to get him later I just want the guys that I think are going to win me my league by the time the season's done and I think he's one of those guys um, if you look at his last seven games last year so last year much like the Philadelphia Eagles the New York Giants pass catching weapons were just obliterated by injury all season long um, over the last seven games he had Barkley back um, Ingram was not there, obviously, because Ingram only plays five games a year. And he was missing at least one of his wide receivers in all of his last seven games. With that the case, he did finish QB6 in fantasy points per game. Um, he kind of kind of broke out, kind of kind of took over. You know, Eli Manning came in for that game and a half, and that that maybe lit the fire for Danny Jones. I don't know what it was, but uh quarterback six over that time. In fact, his 16-game pace in those last seven games were um, you know, 4,300 yards and 41 touchdowns with 386 rush yards. Let's not discount the fact that this kid runs the ball. That would have put him in top top six in all those categories, top five in most of them, and obviously number one in passing touchdowns at 41. Do I think that's what his ceiling is? No, but I think his ceiling is certainly somewhere around that top, you know, seven, eight guys. Um, there were some 
offensive line issues last year obviously led to some of those turnovers. You know, they were 7.6% uh, sack rate. That was eighth worst in the league. Fantasy Outsiders ranked their past blocking at uh, 25th best in the league. But uh, they addressed it in this offseason. They went out and got Mark Colombo to coach the offensive line. He spent the last better part of the last decade in Dallas. We know what the Dallas Cowboys offensive line was in large part, I think, to the coaching. I think offensive line coaches are the most underappreciated people in the league, but probably one of the most important. You know, they go out and draft Andrew Thomas at the 104, who's probably now going to have to start because of uh, I, I, I don't remember the starter's name who's opted out. Um, they did draft two other linemen. They brought in Cameron Fleming on, on free agency as another tackle that's going to compete for a job. They addressed the big issue. Daniel Jones himself put on 15 pounds so that he didn't drop the ball so often is what he said. How does that translate as a quarterback? I don't know. But I think they're taking care of the issues that came up last year um, and trying to get some of those excuses out of the way for a guy that we have seen perform. I mean, I remember back at, at draft time, I was really – disappointed in the Giants for taking Danny Jones but during the preseason last year every time I watched him throw the ball it was it was so money I mean he he's so good with the ball so much better than than I would have ever guessed that's why I don't uh that's why I don't scout for the NFL I guess but uh I, I love him and I'm taking him because I don't want to risk not getting him later I did I feel you I feel you on that and honestly when you're in draftsman you got to have a couple of guys that that is your guy like, I mean, Matt, Matt Ryan is no secret at this point of his career, but I think it's like that's what's kind of my take earlier and that we're getting into the 10th round and it's cool to not draft the quarterbacks now. And like, we're just not doing it, not doing it. But all of a sudden, like you have five rounds left, you have to have a quarterback. So go get one. And I don't want to just wait to get a guy like that's left. I want to say, hey, of the, the you know, 10 that are left these top three are the dudes. And of those three, that's my guy. I think, you know, in the later rounds, I think Matt Ryan uh, is my guy and Daniel Jones clearly is yours. So I think it's important yeah. to uh, yeah. to seek those guys out and get them before your teammates. Cause here's the reality. What everybody sees in fantasy every year, if you don't pick him up and I do pick him up and he crushes a, he's going to burn you and I'm going to beat you and it's going to feel even worse. Right. So like oh, yeah. if, oh, if yeah. you feel, if you feel good about him, Go get him. Now you could get burned like I did with Baker and, and Rogers, but I had a gut feeling about Alvin Kamara in 2017. I drafted Alvin or Mark Ingram and Adrian Peterson and Alvin Kamara on the same fantasy team. The other two guys faded off. Alvin Kamara became Alvin Kamara. The rest is history. I also kept him in a keeper league in the 10th round that year. So nice. it helped, obviously. So if you have a gut feeling, you got to take it on some of these guys. All right, man. Before we move on to the next couple, I just want to give a quick shout out once again to Landry Football, LandryFootball.com. All the football you can possibly imagine here. We got high school football, college football, NFL proper, scouting, film review, everything, and fantasy football, of course. We are the Candlestick Kids, a.k.a. TCK Pod. I'm your host, Sky Guasco, with my boy, Dwayne Lynn, a.k.a. Dewey's Nuts on Twitter. Lucas out for today, but he will be back later on this week. You can catch us Monday through Thursday this week, 6 to 7 p.m. Eastern time, right here on twitch.tv slash Chris Landry Football. We have a uh, draft guide still available five bucks on the tckpod.com website if you're interested there have any last minute draft situations make sure to dm any of us or collectively at fantasy football underscore tck pod on uh, instagram or on twitter at tck underscore pod we also have a listener league with just a few spots left if you're interested in that holler at us dm us let us know that you're interested and we all heard about Dwayne's new game as well if you're interested in the best ball formats the dfs formats if you're into that kind of stuff Dwayne's got something new and fresh i've never heard of before i've been playing fantasy sports for 15 plus years so i'm excited about that dm us if you're interested in fantasy football any realm and we will take care of you all right brother let's jump into the rest of this list here next up Ben Roethlisberger. Now, this is kind of the first guy that you and I are are quite divided on. Um, now, some of these guys you're higher on, but I'm high too, or you're lower on, but I'm low too. This one Big is just this just straight up split. So, so we're let on. Let me go first. Let me go first. Oh, I should, be let, sure. me, let me let go. me set it up. Let me set it up with ADPs okay. here. So, right. so we're on either sides here, which is interesting. So the consensus has him at seventeen. Uh, excuse me. Yep, seventeen. I have him at thirteen. So I'm higher than the consensus, but you have them all the way down at 26. I can understand the concerns maybe, but I'm excited to hear this because maybe I'm overlooking a few things. You got me scared. This is going to be short and sweet, man. I love the Steelers offense with Big Ben at the helm. 
but I, I projected Big Ben for 11 and a half games. And that's the only reason he landed where he did. He's a guy that I'd love to have on my team while he's playing. Like I'm not drafting him as 26 um, for the times that he's on the field. I'm, I'm only putting him there because I just I can't see a world where he finishes a full season. That's so, it. Kind of, that's it. That's my only concern. So kind of the opposite of my Daniel Jones take, where I don't want to draft Daniel Jones because I'm worried about the strength of schedule, but I like the player overall, and I'll pick him up off waivers. You're kind of more of like, look, I'll draft Big Ben, use him for four to five to six to eight weeks, but if he goes down, I'm not going to be surprised. You are going to be prepared. You're going to have a backup ready yes. or hit the waiver wire right away. I hear it, dude. Um, I Certainly, certainly legit. Um, I don't dismiss injury concerns because you cannot dismiss injury concerns. They matter for certain pl players. They matter more for somebody who's 38 years old with another surgery on the same arm 10 years later, it's a problem. I just try to push it aside a little bit and say, Hey, if he stays healthy, where's he end up now? Can you give me this? Hypothetically, we're in, we're in fairyland. Big Ben does play 16. James Connor gives us, 12 at least juju plays a 16 defense is killing it could you see big ben where what is the ceiling of big ben he plays 16 this year gosh i put a 10 11 10. fair yeah right so I, I and and he finished qb2 just two years ago now he had antonio brown we understand that okay juju and antonio brown is not juju and deontay johnson we get that but he did finish qb2 he actually paced patrick mahomes in the year he won the mvp with 55 touchdowns and 5,000 plus yards big ben actually had the most passing yards in that season so he can do it we've seen him do it numerous times i've got him higher man i just believe a that he does stay healthy b i love juju in the slot i think that's going to be a huge upgrade for them i do believe in james connor also injury concerns clearly i'm really just kind of going out on a limb man this is kind of one of my players where i'm like i know i could get burned but i i don't feel good about dropping him too far. Now, 13 may be a little bit ambitious. I can understand that sure. with some of the young bucks behind him that could come up with that upside. But, man, if Big Ben stays healthy, bro, I mean, honestly, if he stays healthy, healthy, top eight, you know, he doesn't yeah. run like he used to, but he could he could get a couple goal line shimmies sure. and, and, and oh, yeah. get a few He's rushing touchdowns. He's a big dude, so. man. He's a kid. He could push a pie a little bit. He's a big dude. He's a big dude, absolutely. All right, we got a couple more names here, and we got about 10 minutes left in the program. So let's blaze through here real yes, quick. I know, man, these hours happen real quick. Let's blaze through this here. Jared Goff coming up next year. Consensus, 18. I've got him at 17. You've got him 27. He's my big bust from my bust episode just the other week. Um, real fast, here are the reasons. Gurley left this team, and while in 2018, Gurley's yards after the catch were higher than his total receiving yards, um, you know, last year it was only 500 yards. The reason Gurley leaving hurts Goff is not because of a big receiving weapon leaving, but because he made the passing game easier, okay? The next big reason here is that offensive line, who spent most of the year in the top five on PFF's offensive line rankings, um, fell all the way to 31 by the end of the season, and they have not done much to improve this team. Their best pass blocking weapon, their best offensive lineman by a good bit, Andrew Whitworth, 39 years old. I'm concerned about that. And lastly, um, Sean McVay has made it very clear this offseason that he wants to emulate what San Francisco is doing, both in balance and offense and it, in the with the backs in the actual backfield. But if there's going to be balance here, that means Goff gets less opportunity on a pass game that's harder because of lost pieces. Yep. No, thank you. Cooper, Cooper Cup's been banged up again this season quickly. He should be fine long-term, but he has been banged up a little bit. That's obviously a concern. And uh, Darrell Henderson uh, has been a little bit banged up as well, so I hear you there. All right, moving down the list here, Cam Newton, another big discrepancy, and Ryan Tannehill. These are back-to-back -back guys for me and you, and we basically have them switched. I'll take Cam. You take Tannehill. Consensus has Cam at 19. I've got him at 14. You've got him about consensus at 19. Ryan Tannehill consensus has him at 20. I have him at 21. You have him at 14. So we're kind of flipped. Cam Newton really quick. Again, just like big Ben Roethlisberger. This has not even a discussion on his talent, what he can do, and all these other things. Is he going to be healthy? I think he does stay healthy. I think the Patriots are going to use him very well. There's not going to be a QB platoon. This whole idea drives me insane. There's no way in hell they're doing that with Stidham or Hoyer or anybody else. He'll be fine. He looks good in practice. He looks like he's having fun. Again, it's been quite a while. He's had all these injuries, but I think he'll be just fine. And I think that Josh McDaniels and Bill Belichick are really smitten over what Cam Newton can do. That frankly, look, Tom Brady, I'm a Joe Montana guy, clearly. So we're not going to discuss the whole goat thing. Tom Brady's in the discussion minimum. All right. 
Now, I think the biggest thing is like he did some things absolutely incredibly that Cam Newton can't dream of. What Tom Brady couldn't do that Cam does very well is move. And I think when those plays break down, Cam Newton can move and make bigger plays there. So I do believe in Cam. I think it'll happen. Ryan Tannehill, I just don't believe in the magic from last year, but clearly you do. Yeah, look, sometimes you see these insane touchdown numbers and um, the the touchdown percentage like he had last year. I think it tied Aaron Rodgers for 15th best of all time. And you think there's just no way this is going to happen. But I think this passing offense is going to maintain much of its efficiency last year because it wasn't efficient because it was a good passing offense. It was efficient because when a team game plans against this team, they game plan against Derrick Henry. They spent all week trying to prepare to stop Derrick Henry and make the passing offense beat you. I think they maintain some of that efficiency because of that. A.J. Brown takes a step up for me, um, and they didn't ask too much of Tannehill last year. They're not going to ask too much of Tannehill this year. Um, I just think, yeah, give me give me Tannehill. You know, again, tough to trust just because you expect a big regression from the offense as a whole. So do I. But I, you know what? It, they might just be the most efficient pass game in the league. Insane. Insane. And if that happens again, look, like I'm willing to get burned on Tannehill if it happens. We saw it last year. I just mentioned at the top of the episode, Lucas picked him up on waivers to fill a bye week. He was good, kept playing him, boom, ran the table, gave him the championship. I could see it happening. Uh, you know, back to Cam Newton again, our boy NBA rig jumping in here and, and totally correct. He's not going to run as much. Ryan Tannehill has a sneaky rushing floor as well. We could see what happens. Oh, yeah. I just, for some reason, man, I got this uh, gut feeling that, you know, just, you know, Cam Newton, I think, is going to be back. And look, in fantasy football, he's averaged a QB six, QB six while he's healthy. Yeah. And I mean, we've both got him, you know, outside of the top 12, but I think, you know, sky's the limit for Cam if he stays healthy and Tannehill potentially. All right, man, this one I'm interested in, in, in covering. And here's where I want to bring back Baker Mayfield. You have Kirk Cousins at number 12. I have him at 24. Consensus has him at 23. So you are 12 spot, well, 11 spots higher than consensus, 12 higher than I am at, at uh, on Kirk Cousins. I wanted to bring in Baker Mayfield because, again, he gets Kevin Stefanski now. Kevin Stefanski was in charge of that offense there for the most part with Gary Kubiak, with Kirk Cousins, who basically was kind of flirting with that 12 to 15, but usually kind of a, a middle QB2. You've got him as a back-end QB1. I'm interested in what you think is going to happen, and then table that up to Baker Mayfield, and maybe we'll see uh, an upgrade there. And, and again, we've both got Baker Mayfield under consensus as well. Yeah, again, this one's going to be really quick. Um, you know, we've had we've seen Kirk Cousins have big years in the past. Gary Kubiak comes in to replace Stefanski. Um, here's the thing that Gary Kubiak has always done well, score points. He's going to bring points to this offense. He is in the 80th percentile in points scored over his 12-year offensive coordinator career. He knows how to score points. Will many of those go to Dalvin Cook? Absolutely. He also likes to run the ball. But I think the team scores a lot of points. I think the team's offense runs a lot of plays this year. And uh, we, know, we know that Kirk Cousins – you know, he's been, what, six, I think, is as high as he's ever finished. I think he's a QB one all day just because this team, this offense is going to be good, much like the Atlanta Falcons offense that can score points. I think the Vikings score a shitload of points this year. I've been hearing a couple raving reports of B.C. Johnson out BC, there. B.C., baby, yes. And, Justin and not Jeff to mention, Justin Jefferson is my favorite rookie probably at any position coming out this last year. Come on. He's, Mine th those two can replace Diggs easy. Mine was Jalen Rager until he came up gimpy just because I thought the opportunity in that Eagles offense was going to be through the roof. Still will be long-term, but I'm with you that Justin Jefferson is my guy. 18 touchdowns last year? Insane. Obviously, LSU college, I get it, but yo, pretty insane. All right, we got a couple more guys here, man. Let's blaze through these here. Gardner Minshew comes up next. He's at 25 consensus. You've got him right on the line at 25. I've got him at 15. I understand off the bat, this is ridiculous. This is easily my highest – uh, over consensus I have. So Kirk Cousins is your guy, 11 above. Mine is Kirk Cousins or uh, Gardner Minshew, 10 above. Here's what it comes down to. Game-to-game -game basis, he technically had a better game-to-game -game ba uh, statistic season than Kyler Murray did last year, who finished as QB8 in most formats. Gardner Minshew is able to run the ball. He's got great weapons. And oh, by the way, as we talk on this podcast today, Monday, August 31st, the Jaguars no longer have a steamroller running back. They decided oh. to cut ties with Leonard Fournette, who's a conversation for another time because we're running out of time. 
but they cut bait. They didn't trade him. They tried to trade him. Apparently didn't get anything for him. Apparently no offers. Apparently they got rid of him. Nonetheless, look, if it's Rock Armstead or it's Chris Thompson or it's going to be, you know, anybody else they bring in, I think Royce Freeman would be a good spot, but that's another conversation. Anyway, this is Garner's team. I think he's going to have one year <laughs> to not be last to lose his job because of the Jags, who should and probably will finish last, it's Garner Minshew is not going to have a job in the NFL, in my opinion. So I think Garner Minshew is going to be chucking it. I think he's going to have a, a, a good season this year. And I like DJ Chark a lot because of it as well. So I've got him in my top 15. Hey, if Petty, you draft Gardner Minshew within the first round of your draft, you know you get a free case of Bud Light, right? Yes, I do. Um, that's and not if you happen. win your season with him, a full season's worth. Go fair ahead. Enough, fair enough. And maybe, uh, maybe, I'll, maybe I'll have to do that in a listener league and just see what happens. I like it. One of the best fantasy hype videos of all time, though. Can we just both? I love that? that video. It, it oh was it was God. one of the best. It was one of the best. So I don't know who did it. It was NFL so or ESPN so back bad. in the it day. So it was like five years ago. They used to have like the top running backs and receivers and quarterbacks of fantasy that year for ADP. They used to have them come out and make this cool little 30, 30 second clip, basically to like hype fantasy football, which no longer needs hyping. But they used to do run these reels on ESPN and stuff. They were super fun. Like pick me because I run through brick walls and like all this oh, yeah. lift oh, yeah. lift trucks. It was best, dude. Garner Minshew coming through with the entertainment. I, I got to say, we'll have to have him on the pod here sometime soon. All right, man. Two more names I want to cover very quickly, uh, and they both uh, belong to you. So okay. Teddy Bridgewater, 24 consensus. I've got him at 27, not buying the Teddy train. You have him at 16. Then we have Derek Carr at 25. I've got him at 26. You've got him at 21. Just a quick mention of Derek Carr at the end, though, but sell me on Teddy, man. Look, Joe Brady is a good thing for Teddy Bridgewater. Look at what happened in LSU with Joe Brady calling the plays down there last year. This guy knows how to run an efficient, quick, and powerful offense. He runs an up-tempo offense, 11 personnel with three wide receivers on the field, West Coast offense. Teddy's going to be slinging the ball. And all of the weapons on that team, including Robbie Anderson and Curtis Samuel, are solid receiving options that can that can make big plays happen on any given down. Um, not to mention the Defense was bottom 10 in just about every category you can imagine last year's second worst in uh, defensive scoring, which means this team has to throw to win. Joe Brady knows how to do it. Teddy showed us last year he can, and there are the weapons. So so I like him situationally more than anything. Uh, and then let me hit you with Carr real fast. I only gave him 300 more passing yards and two, two more touchdowns this season. It's just because it's foolish to ignore the investment the team made in the past game from rugs at the 12 overall. Uh, to Jason Witten even in free agency. And let's not ignore the fact that they signed Richie Incognito in the offseason, second best pass blocking guard um, over the course of his career, according to PFF. They want to throw the ball. Love it. Let's end here with a Bears take. You are the house Bears fan. I gotta let you, I gotta, I gotta let you let you roll late here. We got one minute. I'll give you 35 seconds. You've got Foles winning outright in this position. Give me yeah. something. I mean, this is like late round, uh, super flex, deep whatever. Late deep late round, but you are the Bears fan, so I want to give you a couple seconds here with this whole Foles-Trubisky fiasco. Trubisky's problem is he doesn't know how to read an NFL defense. He never will. Foles is eking him out in training camp right now, but the real reason I think Foles is going to win this job um, it's because Matt Nagy loves to get cute. He learned last season getting cute with Mitchell Trubisky is absolutely detrimental to his career because Trubisky cannot think on the fly. Foles can do it. Um, Nagy's going to put him in there so that he can he can expand his play card again and get real damn cute. And it's not going to go well for the Bears, but Foles will be fine as the starting quarterback from day one in Chicago. Where does Leonard Fournette land, Dwayne? <laughs> Um, I would love for him to land in New England with the Sony issues. Um, I know Damian Harris has been looking good, but you can't tell me they're not looking for somebody to replace Sony long term. I think Philadelphia is a good landing spot. I think that Chicago with David Montgomery coming up with a groin issue. Unfortunately, that groin issue is not going to go away. You can yep. get them for cheaper now in fantasy drafts, but don't think you're getting too much of a deal. Love the player, but those groin issues do not go away. It it tore up two years of Arian Foster's prime Stuff. because of a growing Stuff. issue. So like it. NBA rig was not here at the beginning. I don't believe at least it wasn't chiming in yet. Can you let everybody know in 30 seconds or less again, Dwayne, what you have going on? Cause maybe NBA rig will be enjoyed. 
Dude, three in the pink, two in the stink is the coolest new fantasy game you've never heard of. It's a draft day value game. You pick a guy based on where his ADP is now, and we track it against his week in and week out performance. Five guys, really. Um, three you like, two you hate. Uh, and we just see how good you are at draft day values. It's the best day in football, so why not make a whole game out of it? Love it. Yo, Dweez Nuts on Twitter. Go follow my man, Dwayne Lynn. We got Lucas coming back later this week. We have Chris Benavides on Wednesday. I am Sky Guasco, the host of the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Football Podcast. Find us on Landry Football Monday through Thursday, 6 to 7 p.m. Eastern time. And go follow us on Instagram at fantasyfootball underscore TCK pod and on Twitter at TCK underscore pod. You can also find the draft guide and listen to league information at tckpod.com. For Dwayne Lynn, I'm Sky Guasco, and we are out of here. Peace. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.